0: Hey everyone, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that our buddies, John and Nick over at the How To Film Weddings podcast are running a two-day online workshop coming up soon. They've got some amazing speakers, including Staten Giles, who's today's guest on the show, uh, along with heaps of other people who've been on the show before and stuff, so lots of familiar faces. Uh, I'm gonna throw it over to John now, and he's gonna tell you all about the workshop.
1: Um, with everything happening in the world in the last year and a half, we really wanted to put on an online workshop where people could connect from all around the planet and do a workshop together and calibrate their business. Two days, August 4th and 5th, there's two kinds of tickets. They're $249 and $349. The 249 gets you 24 hour access after the event is over to watch through this. Um, For $100 more, you get seven days access, a bonus Q&A session with Larev, as well as um, our posing guide for wedding filmmakers. So $349 for that. And we actually are offering a special promo code to your listeners. It's BETTER25, just BETTER, all caps, 25, no spaces. But it gets $25 off of your ticket. So all of that is at calibrateworkshop.com.
0: We often have a certain style of film that we prefer to create, whether it's more moody and cinematic or fun and upbeat, but the reality is that most weddings contain a full spectrum of emotions and energies. Today I'm talking to Stanton Giles of Films by Stanton because his work, I feel, is a rare example that shows the full spectrum of emotions on a wedding day. On today's show, we'll be breaking down Stanton's work and figuring out how he transitions between light and shade, the highs and lows, and still manages to create balanced, cohesive films. My name is Ben and this is Make Better Winning Films.
2: My name is Stanton Giles. Uh, films by Stanton's my company. Um, pretty generic name, but they are films mm. by me, and uh, you know uh, nobody else is making them or editing them or anything. But uh, filmed my first wedding back in 2017. Picked up a camera in 2016, um, and that was that was really my first entry into the world. I always told myself I wasn't going to do weddings. That was the cheesy thing to do. But on the front end, I, I realized. Hey, I can make this my own. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, through looking at other people's work and stuff like that, I was inspired to kind of like do things a little bit differently, you know, and I still made very cliche wedding films and whatnot, but that's kind of part of filming normal weddings anyway. So you kind of got to go through that. And so 2017 did four or five different weddings for friends. 2018 came around, uh, by the end of 2017, I had, uh, you know, made a website and I told myself by the time I had three weddings, I would make a website so I went ahead and did that, um, made a website, you know, and then I started getting a lot of local leads, started doing some SEO, Google stuff, you know, I lived in Tennessee at the time in the United States. And, you know, that's a, I would type in like Tennessee wedding videographer for SEO and that would, you know, mm. come up and people would hire me. And so 28, uh, 2018, um, I'm still working full time as an engineer, but by like April, and that's another thing I was an engineer before I did this, but, um, ended up quitting around April because I had 20, about 28 weddings on the books for that year. Um, with only like three or four weddings in my portfolio, which was, uh, which was awesome. And it was really encouraging for me to go ahead and just uh, quit doing engineering. And I had quit before, um, and moved down to an orphanage in Honduras. And that's where I found videography. I'm giving you a a really quick elevator pitch without getting into all the nitty gritty of it and stuff. But I found videography down there or in my stint away from engineering the first time. And then that gave me the confidence to quit the second time. And so I quit the second time, went full force into destination weddings, um, or sorry, into weddings in general, but I knew I wanted to get into destination weddings. I had done some travel because of Honduras and stuff. And, um, you know, went to Iceland, went to Belize, Guatemala, a lot of Central American countries and enjoyed the travel side. And I really wanted to infuse the two. And so I, tried to force myself into the wedding videography industry. And so, you know, um, through just a couple different ways, putting some work out there, putting myself out there, um, mm-hmm. was able to start booking some destination weddings. And by 2019, like 50 to 60% of my weddings were destination weddings. And I was, you know, the other 40% were there local in Tennessee. Um, and then, you know, now it's, it's mostly destination weddings. And so now I live in Colorado here in the United States, um, doing, doing, mostly destination weddings. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, like sometimes I'll tell people that I still consider myself a destination wedding videographer, even if I'm filming out here in in Colorado, because Colorado is a premier spot for destination weddings here in the United States. So, you know, lots of mountains around here, really easy to get here and fly and it's beautiful. So, um, you know, there's lots of elopements, micro weddings and things happening post COVID. And, um, you know, I guess, that's my two, three minute little elevator pitch about who I am and kind of what I'm doing and, uh, my story just a little bit. Okay, man. Love it. Yeah, no, cool.
0: Um, I'm, I'm really interested to know, I mean, I asked this question with basically everyone who comes on the show around, like what some of your inspirations are and where you sort of look for new ideas. I'm interested, interested, interested to hear your perspective coming from like your engineering background. And if you, sort of approach things mm. in a really sort of, you know, m- uh, methodical sort of way, totally. you know, it sounds like even just when you started the fact that you just like dove into SEO and all that sort of stuff. Um, it seems like you sort of a- approach things from, um, a slightly mm. different perspective than a lot of other yeah videographers I've talked to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely an element of the engineering mindset that, um, kind of comes into it and also kind of like, uh, you know, the way that was raised. And obviously we're all like a product of our, you know, childhoods, worldviews, all that kind of stuff. We're all our own people. And so, um, well, I guess on the front end, in the beginning, when I said I drew inspiration from certain people, um, I'm sure, you know, Henry Martins, the brothers Martins, um, Mm -hmm. he was somebody that like, I saw one of his wedding films and I was like, oh my gosh, that's beautiful and way better than any film I'd seen. And I want to do stuff like that now me and Henry are like best friends. We like talk all the time and you know, he's been a mentor along the way. Um, and we've developed a friendship mm-hmm. over that. We'll travel and shoot weddings and stuff now. But, uh, you know, aside from that, you know, I really, something that I, I get a lot from is going on Vimeo because even though I do have a very A plus B equals C mind with engineering and problem solving and stuff, I, am very cinematically motivated i am very motivated by beautiful cinematography so i will go on to vimeo and i'll look up dps uh there's this particular one named paul myers um and then there's another one which we're probably probably a little more familiar with i don't know if he's uh, as popular out there uh where you guys are but solomon Lightholm, uh he's another really popular one um mm. out here and then i'll kind of get into a rabbit hole on youtube or uh, on vimeo because of all the suggested and stuff and I'll tell you what if if you if <laughs> you know, people listening to this or are you, I don't know if you've heard of Paul Myers, but if you go and watch his stuff, it is like, it is mm-hmm. so beautiful. And granted, it's like a film set, c- full control of lighting. Like he's got days of shoots and stuff like that. It's not a live mm-hmm. event, like a wedding. So it's a little different, but needless to say, very inspirational. A- a- and there's a lot of inspiration I draw mm-hmm. from that. On the flip side of it, there is a very kind of a engineering way that I do approach things. Um, There was a guy in on the Facebook groups that was asking um, some of us in there like how he said like sometimes he'll look at people's edits and he'll just wonder like where the creativity comes from. You know, how are they doing this? And, you know, he said Mm -hmm. that I have the prowess that if you gave me the same footage and showed me their film, I could edit it exactly the same as what I saw. Like I know how to edit, but the creativity is the thing that I struggle with. And I kind mm-hmm. of leaned into the question and said, you know, like a lot of people consider me artsy for some of the films I put out, but I don't consider myself to be artsy. Um, I have a very mathematical mind. Like I said earlier, it's a plus B equals C in my head. And so when I look at it, a big tenant of the engineering field, at least, you know, the way that I was taught it whenever I went to school was pro- is problem solving that engineering at its core is problem solving. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when I did see Henry Martin's films in the beginning, when I currently see Henry's films or Paul Meyer's stuff or Solomon Lightholmes, um, I, I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm very motivated, but I'll stop and think like, I won't just say, Oh, that's so beautiful. I would love to recreate that and make a mental note or take a screenshot. Mm -hmm. I'll watch it back through multiple times. And then I start thinking, okay, and this is something that was really big for me in the beginning. And that has, is still something I try to keep a mindset on is when I see work that I'm really motivated by with, in the world of filmmaking, like let's just take Henry for a reason. I'm not going to keep you know bringing up Henry, but he was a big <laughs> inspiration for me in the beginning. Mm. Uh, I would look at his stuff and I, and I would say, you know what? He's standing in a particular place in this room and he's placed his subject in a particular angle to the window light. And he's at a particular height on a certain focal length. And he took that and put a certain song and color graded it with the same tools that I have. I can do this. I can figure this out because this is something that I'm holding like a digital camera. I'm holding this thing that, that, corresponds to me clicking the shutter speed or aperture or movement of the camera and I can figure this out um and so you know that was really motivating to me in the beginning that you know I was never really good at sports and so it was always un- unmotivating to me being in my mid-20s at the time when I started uh you know thinking oh shoot like you know there's not enough time to become a master of my craft and while I don't consider myself to be a master of my craft at all I'm on a journey and I'm on it's like it's 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 a, it's a hunger of mine to get, to get, um, to get better, to get better and better at at what I'm doing. And so like, we don't have to be, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James born with a certain, you know, genetic makeup, and then they practice their whole lives Mm -hmm. with that genetic makeup. And then they got to the point that they were at. We We can learn with our brains and problem solve to figure out how to use this, this camera that, you know, people have made and and perfected over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to get to this point to where now all I got to do is know how to use this tool in order to do to to accomplish my goals so um that's something I'm really passionate about talking about is like you know uh is kind of Mm. how I view things and I think that um yeah that's sorry I kind of got long-winded with that I'll kind of get into that answer sometimes no no it's good it's good
0: no no I think That is really, really interesting because I think a lot of people have a misconception with creativity, um, thinking that you have to always start from scratch. It has to be all your ideas and I think people get overwhelmed in that idea of like, I can't imagine being that creative to come up with all of that, you know, all on my own. Whereas I think creativity is often just like iterating and then, adding a little bit extra and it sounds like you're someone who like you're saying how you like can look at um, Henry working and start to analyze all his process. That's like 80% of the work is sort of like looking at what's done, figuring out how it's done, reverse engineering that and then iterating on that and just adding a little bit extra. And that enough is for you is, is the creative process of making something new. It's just adding a little bit extra and a little bit extra, but still, um, not, not having to reinvent the wheel every time. I think a lot of people try and reinvent the wheel.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And, and like some of my favorite work has been inspired by, by, you know, some of the films I've looked up on Vimeo. I, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's the song they use. Like, for example, there's like a Paul Myers. I'm, I'm just using this as an example mm-hmm. for like those that are listening, since I'm already bringing them up. Uh, he did a, I think it was an Audi commercial for, um, you know, using one of Ryan Talbert's songs on, um, Ryan Tobert, however he says, I can never say it right. Um, on music bed. And he's like one of my favorite artists that I use. And so I actually found Paul because I goes on Ryan, Ryan Tobert's, uh, uh, actual website, um, because I'm obsessed with his music. And then I saw hmm. that he advertised this, this film, this, this, this Audi, uh, little promo, like minute long thing. And so I clicked on it and then Paul Myers was the DP and I clicked mm. on him. Um, and I started looking at stuff. But anyway, this Audi commercial, uh, it uses one of his songs and the way that this car commercial is edited is like bone chillingly cool to me. I'm really drawn to like cinematography, mm. uh, around cars there's energy and they're like and there's just so much money that car companies put into making these things look cool and there's typically they'll like you know show it going through the mountains and stuff like that and i'm drawn to nature Mm -hmm. so i love that kind of stuff but yeah that that song was called one precious moment um and it's a song that i've uh i've always liked but when i saw how he used it in this song it was inspiring to me and so then i took that and kind of made it my own and i was inspired to go by how cool that was i went and made it for like a cool wedding out in this desert where they're riding horses through there. And it's out in Lake Powell with like a boat scene. And it's like this really pretty desert James Bond looking kind of like a, like venue out in the middle of nowhere, completely different than an Audi commercial. But I drew creativity Mm -hmm. from that and I tacked my own little bit onto that. And I wouldn't have ever made a teaser that good if it wasn't for seeing somebody else's work. And so it's, you know, it's just like a, it's a cascading effect I think of people Mm -hmm. being motivated by, By others around and I think there's a big difference between that and copying people so um you know and I think a lot of people think if they do that and they're not just completely just welling up with creativity and every single thought that comes out of them is just 100% divine Mm -hmm. inspired creativity that they're cheating that's not true um that that's not copying I don't believe Mm -hmm. Um, I think that creativity is still encapsulated in watching other people's works and work and being motivated by it so um yeah. Yeah. Just, I say yeah. all that just to kind of like agree with you on that, that, you know, it's, you're not an imposter yeah. if you, if you are inspired by somebody's work, you know, and use the same song as them or something like that.
0: Yeah. So. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's, you, it's, it's just a bit a balance of like, yeah. Like we like we literally just said, iterating versus adding your own thing, um, and yeah, figuring out the balance of that for sure. Totally, um, and that's that's kind of the fun cool, part man. too. So yeah, yeah man, absolutely. Um, Radio. Well, that was a nice, um, nice juicy long intro, but um, to get into the, I guess, the meat <laughs> of the topic today, um, we're going to be talking about, I guess, creating like balanced edits, and uh, sort of that was something that sort of I was drawn to with your work. And something that I felt stood out in terms of uh, like, it's something that I always try to sort of achieve with my work is something that feels like it, an edit that has highs and lows. It shows the different emotions of the day. Um, And I feel like uh, in a lot of the work I see, it's people sort of like lock in on one sort of energy and carry that through the whole film. And that's something that I saw that, uh, with your work, you managed to transit transition through all these different emotions, different music, um, uh, yeah, different energies. So that's sort of kind of, kind of what I want to uh, break down in your work today. But um, to start, I think I'd love to get your perspective on why why you think it would be important to have a balanced edit, why you do it, mm-hmm. like why should we bother trying to achieve this with our, our films?
2: Totally. Um, well, thanks for the kind words. Uh, that's actually, you know, I, I, that's something I've thought a lot about and it was something that I very intentionally have poured into my work. Um, from the very beginning, going back to like my favorite movies growing up, um, in fourth grade, Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring came out. Mm. It was my favorite movie ever. Like I, I became a Lord of the Rings Mm. nerd after that. I got into the, the books you know, my birthday was around December when the movies would come out. And so, you know, uh, I would, me and my friends would all go there and stuff. And then The Hobbits came out and everything. And as I got older, you know, some I, I started to have like, you know, I, well, obviously there's tons of other movies I'm seeing and stuff like that. And so I kind of contrast The Lord of the Rings with Transformers in my head. And so I use these in my head as like mm-hmm. uh, as a dichotomy, like a paradigm, if you will, of two different types of cinematography mm-hmm. and why I think having a balanced – film is really important because Lord of the Rings is three hours long. And not every second of that film is just high energy stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not all just like a ton of, you know, action and stuff. And I'm there for like the action scenes. I'm not there Mm -hmm. for like, you know, them sitting there talking and Sam crying because of whatever or something like that. I'm there to watch like, you know, an elf Mm -hmm. jumping off like shooting an arrow at an orc Mm -hmm. at Helm's Deep or something. And like, you Mm -hmm. know, I love I love watching those scenes, but if the whole movie was a battle scene, I, I'm i going to get bored because it's just too much. Like, and and the same goes with like a song, like, you know, not every single part of a song is, is going, going to be the the most like intense thing. That's why like choruses are like the, sometimes people's favorite part of the song because they build up to the chorus. And then like, that's, that's the energizing part of the song. And I contrast like that idea, you know, with Lord of the Rings and stuff being my favorite film with Transformers. Because Transformers is just metal being thrown everywhere the entire movie. Yes. And I yes. like Transformers, yep. but I'm exhausted the by the end of it. Like, it's it's a lot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I actually just watched Black Widow and come out. And mm-hmm. I've noticed this with like a lot of the Marvel movies. And like, I know it appeals to a lot of people. But for me, mm-hmm. um, like Black Widow, I was just like, <laughs> it's just constant action the whole time. And, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. talking about action, hopefully people can can uh, differentiate or kind of pull out what I'm trying to say that action is just the example here, but like having the same feeling throughout an entire film, I think is boring. Um, you know, without any kind of rise and mm-hmm. any kind of cinematic nature, you know, and, and Lord of the Rings has those rises of the battles through it. And that's the thing that, that I was always drawn to in mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings was the battle scenes as like being a young man and then watching that stuff still to this day. Um, and so I think having, mm-hmm. and so I, I guess that, that's the main chunk of my point is that uh, I think having Having an ebb and flow, a feeling in in any movie that we see, um, some of the best movies out there, I believe, have an ebb and flow. Um, You know, some of my favorite, I mean, these are very stereotypical man movies or whatever, but like The Revenant or like um, Gladiator or, uh, Braveheart or the Patriot or something like that. Like there's some of my favorite movies mm. that, uh, it's not constant throughout it, but it's like those, this, those scenes that I'm like, Oh yeah, those scenes are so cool because like, I'm really drawn to the action side of things. It was like that the whole time I want to like it. So with wedding films, like, I think that there are, is there are different feelings throughout the day on a wedding day, you know, you have, the anxious nerves, the buildup of the day that's happening beforehand leading up to a first look or to the ceremony and the groom cries when he sees her and he's been waiting Mm -hmm. all day or, you know, a first look with a dad and, you know, you kind of have maybe have some like really sentimental vows or maybe have some funny vows or something. And then you Mm -hmm. get to like a fun dance scene or you have like a really emotional first dance. There's lots of stuff going on on a wedding day. There's lots of happiness. There's, you know, remembering maybe people that have passed away. Um, there's, Um, There's a lot of dancing. Sometimes there's like craziness, people jumping in the pools and then, you know, in destination weddings and stuff, there's the extracurricular stuff like ATV rides on the, or like on the beach or like a catamaran ride on the ocean, a helicopter tour, um, Mm -hmm. hiking up to a mountain, whatever it might be. So many different things. And I feel like there's a lot of wedding filmmakers that pick one song and that can be done, but there's a lot of songs out there. I mean, the majority of songs don't have a really good rise to them. And I feel like a good rise offers um, offers a little bit of a a varying feeling because, you know, in the same way I was talking about songs earlier, it's the same with that. Um, and yeah. so having a balanced edit, I feel like is is, is important for storytelling because with, when you're storytelling you're wanting to draw your viewer your listener or whatever it might be into what you're saying yeah. and so there has to be some kind of build there has to be some kind of suspense there has to be something going on that's leading up maybe there's something funny carrying it maybe they open up with something cool um but having that cadence of like balancing it for you know and i guess may i'm getting more into like different types of films or like adding different elements to films rather than a balance but um you know Uh, That's kind of, I guess that's kind of my take on the whole thing. Does it make sense kind of like how I'm, how Mm. I'm describing that? Yeah, no, I think it's
0: like, I like your, your reference between the, the, the two movies and, and, and how you just, you kind of need, you need that contrast and it's kind of like you think of it like food, like you, you've got your favorite food, but you couldn't just eat that one thing forever. Otherwise, like the taste of it just (laughs) sort of didn't diminishes you need you know palate cleansers you need um yeah texture you need variety in order to um make yeah the those moments really stand out otherwise they just they you your brain just calibrates to whatever you need to sort of like uncalibrate your brain with to, like anything in life yeah, i feel yeah like.
2: exactly <laughs> yeah absolutely um yeah. and so yeah that's that's something like even with this uh like this Iceland uh, teaser. Mm-hmm. I, I call it a pre-teaser film because I like made the much little short thing. I'm still making a mm-hmm. teaser film and then the highlight film. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I, you know, there's this final shot that I put into it of the couple walking in front of it. They eloped in front of a volcano, mm-hmm. uh, this brand new volcano that just came up in Iceland. And it was so cool. Um, the Like coolest epic wedding, most epic wedding I've ever filmed. And so at the end of this little thing I put together, I had this shot of him like leading her in front of the volcano and they're silhouetted with the volcano in the background. And I, mm-hmm. it came right after my last shot and I thought like, okay, what would be a better way to like really like lean into that shot and really like kind of give it a punch. That's not just going to be like another, mm-hmm. just another shot at the end, at the end of like a riser that I put in there. And so mm-hmm. I actually had, uh, I had the, mm-hmm. the the main chunk of the film leading right up to it and then the screen goes to black and then about A second or two later before Mm. the viewer could scroll on or something like that it fades back in with like another swell Mm. um and it really just like it just brought home that feeling of just like you know giving giving that scene power giving that scene something different than if you just were to put it in there you know to to kind of break up the flow of the clips i had i really wanted to accentuate accentuate that clip so yeah
0: yeah Absolutely. It's sort of like giving them a chance to sort of like think like they can release that breath they've been holding on to, like with this mm-hmm. sort of cause you know, those sort of intense cinematic moments with the rises and everything, you sort of naturally sort of like hold on to your breath and then it releases and then you bring in something else that sort of you know, they think they're done and then something else comes through and it and it
2: um totally it it, it hits different. <laughs> Trying to cleanse their palate yeah. on on the exactly. before they got to that lava set. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
0: No, cool man cool well um i think it's time to uh start to break down how you do this and how you know um how we can learn from from you and how we can make our edits more balanced so um let's just start right at the beginning pre-production um how are you preparing if at all to sort of like talking with your couples are you trying to look for um you know like dig in deeper with your couples to find different elements that you could sort of play off each other um you know are you not is is it all all about what you find on the day talk us a little bit through sort of um what if any pre-production sort of uh processes you have put in place
2: totally yeah great question uh i think pre-production is really big in and storytelling uh because We, we don't know, like, I'm kind of, I guess, give brides and grooms the title of like being our actors, (laughs) like they're our subjects. Mm -hmm. And so like, we don't know our talent before they come in, nor do we know the script really. And Mm -hmm. so like, we're trying to stay here. We're trying to make this story. We're trying to put together this little micro movie, our little highlight films, but we don't know anything about like what's going to happen. We just know it's a wedding and we've been hired to do it. And so... Getting on the phone at least twice, normally three to four times before a wedding day, you know, not including the consultation call, you know, where I you know get to know them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's really important for me to make them feel comfortable. Um, and, and the reason for that being is one, mm-hmm. like I'm a big part of their wedding day as a wedding videographer. I always tell my couples like, you know, whether you realize it or not. I'm going to be around both of you more than you two are going to be around each other on your wedding day. So like, I want you to feel comfortable with mm. me. I want you to have a good feeling about me being there. And so, um, and normally I'd say that to like, huh? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's why I don't want to just engage with them over, over an email or something like that. And I'm like, I really mm. well, I want to add to their wedding day, um, and, yeah. and make them feel comfortable. So the process of making them feel comfortable though, like that, I, I feel like the other side of that is that they're going to let you into, their story a little bit more and when you show and something I'm really big on is showing my couples that I'm really passionate about what I do like videography is my life that's what I do like I'm always here editing or I'm traveling to go do something um but like letting them know that like this is something I love to do and hey I want to do everything I can to make your film as good as possible and by good as possible I want to make it as uh you know as in line with what you're thinking as, uh, like what your dream wedding film would be, um, while also trying mm-hmm. to like throw like a unique twist on it. And like not every, and that's something that's important in talking to them about, cause not every client wants some unique film or something like that with, you know, mm-hmm. you know, some unique element or something like that. But by, you know, getting their trust on the front end by, you know, showing them like, hey tr- you can trust me with this, making them comfortable. After that, I can kind of dive in and kind of say, Hey, so like, let's, you know, if I'm, a Mexico wedding or something be like, what, uh, tell me about your wedding weekend. Tell me about what you guys are planning or something like that. And they'll kind of throw out some ideas. Well, we're going to have like a welcome party the day before. And we might do a Cadman ride the day after the wedding. Um, and we might go on a, uh, you know, where I go on a bike ride through downtown Tulum, Mexico or something like that. And Mm -hmm. so like, I'm thinking about like everything I can do with these, with these shots. And then, um, you know, that, that is, um, that's some stuff that, you know, I'll ask them on the front end, but as a wedding day gets closer, I'll ask him it again. Um, and if for some reason they haven't booked me for like an extra day or something like that, I'll be like, hey, you know, maybe I'll like cut a deal with them because truly storytelling is really is one of the most important mm-hmm. things to me. And like, uh, you know, I offered a discount for one of my couples recently because I found out they were doing an ATV drive through the jungle or something like that. And I was like, hey, like, I would love to include that in your story. And so like, I'm really drawn to unique elements because uh, it does kind of break up that flow of like, you know, just the wedding day that I am able to have them make them a really hype Mm -hmm. opener and then have it calm down to maybe some vows or something and then a funny speech and then maybe slow back down for the ceremony and then back up again for receptions or something like that. But, um, you know, asking if there's anything unique happening on their wedding day, like, you know, if they're like, I had one couple, it was like German tradition to like cut cut a log in half with a saw or something like in the middle of the ceremony and like just unique mm-hmm. things like that, or their grandmother is, is officiating or something like that, you know uh, asking yeah. them all these questions like on the front end and just really trying to, I think it, it comes down to like caring on the front end or is, is a big thing is like really caring to provide a good experience for them, but also in the same breath, like caring a lot about their wedding film, caring a lot about uh, their wedding film regards are making them a good product, but like, I'm also really obsessed with thinking. And even to this day, uh, I look at most weddings I shoot as a potential portfolio piece because you never know really what's going to happen on mm-hmm. a wedding day. So like the, one of my most popular films is a, I keep talking about telling my film, a decent amount of Mexico weddings. And it was a, it was a, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, a wedding down in saloon and one of the groomsmen fell asleep during the reception uh by this point i had been with these, these people for like two days the groomsmen so one of the other groomsmen come up to me because i've established like trust and comfort with these people by this point because i'm integrating with them and stuff they say hey stanton one of the one of the other groomsmen fell asleep back up, in the, up upstairs we're gonna go upstairs and cut his sleeves off do you want to capture this on camera and so I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> like so, I came with them. Ended up being like a really unique opener, and like I, the opener of the film was them like sneaking up, like you know, sh- like putting on Jaws music on their phone, like da 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 da, like creeping up on this guy, yeah. and then they cut off his sleeves, and it was like this is what happens when you fall asleep in a wedding reception. So that was a super unique element that mm. that um, that I was able to use to kind of like feed into adding a cadence to the film adding something different um you know into uh being able to to make them a more balanced film in regards to what what they are wanting so um hopefully does that does that answer your question i, I think i might have gotten a little bit off track but
0: yeah yeah absolutely i did, i remember that film that was that was a really cool little opener i feel like that would make yeah, thanks, a really good tiktok that would like that would blow up
2: <laughs> i need to get on tiktok game i was literally i need to download that Way behind. I mean, twenty nine
0: years like, old. Same. I don't. I don't post <laughs> anything. But I'm just like I sort of he, hearing you say that story again. It's the sort of thing that, uh, yeah, is, <laughs> it would be really really
2: funny to see. That um, was a fun one, man. It was a, it was a really unique and not every weddings like that, you know. But that was a unique thing for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, cool. I, before we move on from pre production, um, like, is when you are sort of engaging with couples like this is there anything that's going through your head around um, thinking about the energies of these different elements and, and whether you need to um, whether you're going to need to find different stuff. Like say, for example, um, you have a, like a really fun couple um, and you like, you can see like really fun party elements of their film. And then they like mention like an ATV ride. that will be super like, fun. And then they mentioned like a pool party the next day. And it's all these sort of like high fun, like high energy, fun party kind of moments. Is there anything that's going through your head going, Hmm, I'm going to need something quieter. Do I just trust that there's going to be, you know, vows and speeches on the day that I can use, or are you going to be pushing couples to find out um, how you can bring in those softer elements or vice versa?
2: Yeah. Um, it kind of depends. Uh, I would say more so than not, I'm never too worried about there at least being Mm -hmm. some sentimental value um, because it's pretty standard, you know, when people are going out to these destinations that there will be some speeches. And at some point, one of their girls or one of the guys is going to get probably emotional talking about something. And these people do love each other. And so, like... I, I, the, even the craziest weddings I filmed, like they, they still cry when they see each other or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. and then they go on the rage all night or something. Um, but there have been times that, Mm -hmm. you know, where there has been like a lot of fun stuff happening, people taking shots on camera and stuff like that. And I will stop. And I want to say I more so do it in pre-production. It's more of like a day of thing where I'll like, you know, go up and, Mm -hmm. and ask a groomsman, I'll pull him to the side and I'll be like, Hey man. Say something to Tyler real quick about like, you know, how you feel about him and Jessica getting ready or getting getting married Um, Mm. and like just like speak into that. And so then I'll like do like three or four of those or maybe I'll pull a grandmother aside or something. I've done that and just made these little like – very raw, not amazing light, like, you know, kind of things that they're like, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting that to be in our film kind of a thing. And then they just kind of bust into the tears because yeah. their grandma flew all the way out there and she's in the film all of a sudden talking to the camera, talking to them first time they're seeing it's in their wedding film. And so boom, just like, that's, that's juicy. That's like, that's, that's amazing to be able to, yeah. to, to put in there and to, to kind of break up the balance of, of epicness or adventure or crazy fun vibes or something like that. But um, I I haven't, I don't think I've ever filmed a ceremony where there wasn't at least something that happened that's of sentimental value that I could kind of, um, that I could kind of play into a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, Well, I think that's a great place to transition now into the day itself into sort of, you know, the filming on the day. And yeah, I'd love to hear how you, how you break things down in terms of like, um, looking at those different elements on the day and how you switch things up. Do you use different gear for certain sorts of moods? Um, mm. um, I mean, you mentioned like, you know, doing impromptu um, interviews and things like that. So sort of, could you sort of break down some of your process around how you approach uh, the filming of the day and whether you change things up depending on the, the vibe you're wanting to sort of portray?
2: Totally. Yes. Um, I do. Yeah, I do change things up and I don't want to say it's anything significant, but, um, I would say like one of the big things is when I'm filming, when I'm filming something at the beginning of the day, let's say I walk into the, the bridal suite and I got some details with the flowers or the girls, you know, cheersing, you know, the dress hanging there, the makeup shots, you know, the venue details, everything like this. I don't know what's going to happen that day. Again, like, you know, I've talked a little bit to him, but you still don't no, really you're walking kind of in blind other than having a timeline into this wedding day. And so sure they can, I've had couples tell me they want a fun film, but like, I don't know how fun their wedding day is going to be. Like I walk in there maybe sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's like very stiff bridesmaids and nobody's drinking and like, and that's totally fine not to drink, Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying like sometimes, you know, the drinking loosens people up. Um, and I'm not I'm not completely in control of their wedding day and so sometimes like when I'm filming and I'm sure a lot of people do this too but if I'm filming flowers or a dress or something like that I do multiple takes of these things and I film them in different styles and so the way that I shoot these days is well, a hundred percent handheld. So, and and by handheld, it's uh like I have like a small rig handle on the side, so I've got like an extra support, and then I got the main frame of the camera with a cage around it. And I got my monitor on top, my seven inch monitor with like a tripod on the bottom. So you can imagine it's like handheld, but it's a little beefier. Um, it's got you know some weight to it at this point with like some MPF batteries and stuff. But um, you know I'm shooting this thing. I have it pulled away from me with like a Peak Design tripod or a, a camera strap going around my neck and then underneath my arm I use that as a point of stabilization and then um, you know I'll I, I shoot handheld because I shoot on the I shoot on the Sony a7S III with you know lens that, lenses that have stabilization built into them and so it's pretty stable unless I'm trying to do some tracking walking shot behind them yeah. so like if I'm filming the dress or something I don't know what the mood of the day is going to be um, I'm going to do some different motions I'm going to do like a slow pan up of maybe some of the you know sparkles on the dress or something and then you know I'll do that a couple times so I feel like I got that, that movement down or then you know I'll go back I'm like I don't know what this day is going to be like let me do something kind of cool and I'll like kind of go up it and then maybe like twist in and like whip out with my like an in-camera like transition kind of because um Mm -hmm. something I've learned over the years is like for these fun edits when you have directional movement it's a really cool transition into the next scene as you probably know that like you know Mm in-camera transitions look a lot better than Post production transitions where you're just using like a push in Premiere or something like that, or a fade or whatever it might be. So like using that actual motion to blur and things and whip into the next thing. They they transition really well. Um, mm. And so that's something that I do on the day of. Like I said, I'll do sometimes like on the spot interviews with people um, to maybe get more of a sentimental thing. Maybe I'll have them say something funny. Uh, I was filming a wedding back in March, and it was like one of the most historic snowstorms that had hit in like 40 years or something here in Colorado and it just so happened to be falling on the day that this couple was getting married and like right as we get onto the ceremony we go out to do portraits out next to these mountains and just like massive snowflakes falling everywhere and so it was just unique and fun and then like uh I turned back to the couple and very raw again I'm walking we're walking out there she's holding an umbrella above her head her head's kind of wet from the snow like uh you know her hair's kind of wet from the snow getting all her hair I was like hey Mari Tell me what we're doing right now. And she was like, you know, we're out here, most historic snowstorm ever uh, in Colorado's history, but you know we're having a good time and I'm wet and really cold. And then like her, her uh, now husband at the time, like chimed in and then I like panned over the snow and then whipped up and then it was a really cool transition, but there yeah. was a very sentimental day. And so yeah. like, you know, there. but in the middle of sentimental days, this is a happy, this is a happy day. And a lot of times I feel like people mm-hmm. tie the romantic sappy part of things almost like a sad vibe in a way, because like, you know, it's more yeah. like, it's more level. It's more like, you know, I've, dreamt of this day my entire life and they're getting choked up Mm. and this typically could put to some slow cinematic music but that's that's actually there's there's a root core of that being happiness and obviously people know that but sometimes it could be forgotten and so Mm. a lot of happiness comes out in the day and i think it's just i think people just need to be keen to um to leaning into that and then like look leaning into the unique elements of like okay most historic snowstorm. What can I do about this? Can I put like a news clip in of like the news anchors talking about this storm rolling in? Like that's going to cover Colorado and the front range of the mountains and three feet of snow and shut down the airport. Can I, I've seen that done before. Why don't I just like do an on-camera interview with a couple like real quick. It took 15 seconds and that's all she said. And I like Mm -hmm. cut out one little um that she said and, you know, put some little like super eight thing over it and turned it black and white, put some grain on it. Boom. Like, you know, that added like a fun Side of their film to go into their very sentimental letters that they wrote to each other and stuff. So, yeah. and then they had like uh, an amazing dance scene, and so I was able to, you know, feed back into that. Um, mm-hmm. But let's see. Other than that, um, I, I think I think those are. I think the biggest thing I would say is like really, it's more of a kind of a mindset thing. I'm just kind of being ready for what can happen because mm-hmm. again, we don't know what's going to happen. We have this timeline of like cake cutting and we had, you know, ceremony and all these different things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know what's going to happen around that. Maybe the bride throws the cake in the groom's face. Maybe she's like, I don't want to do this. It's going to mess up my makeup. Who knows what's going to happen with each of these little things that we're so used to, yeah. to, to filming. And so, um, so yeah, I, I think it's a mindset of being ready, just being like kind of leaning into the day, caring about what you're doing. I think that's what it would be. Yeah. Caring and being ready um, and just yeah. capturing a moment instead of, these. You know, maybe it wasn't the most beautiful scene I've ever filmed, but it was, it was unique and, and just being ready to capture it because that's their wedding day and it's a live event and there's only so much I can do. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, cool. Um, I, there's one question I have in regards to this and sort of listening to you, I kind of want to, I guess, go a little bit deeper in terms of, um, whether you feel like you, are trying to give yourself options in the edit? Because it sounds like, especially like in the morning you were saying how you like film like flowers and stuff in different sorts of ways. Um, are you doing that throughout the whole day in, in terms of like allowing yourself options come editing to make like certain parts of the day one emotion versus another depending on how you need it to flow for the for the editing? Or are you, you know, locking in certain styles? Like for example, for... um. I don't know, the creative photo shoot, are you giving yourself options in that to steer it more fun and energetic or steer it more emotional and sort of somber? Um, mm-hmm. Or are you on the day sort of locking in on, yep, yeah, um, I, I definitely want this footage to, um, you know, th- I, I I definitely want the creative photo shoot to feel more moody and somber and so I'm going to film mm. it this way.
2: Totally. Um, great question. I, I feel like, the majority of my couples that they come to me, when they fill out their questionnaire, and then when they, I get on the call with them, I'll ask them like, you know, what are the things that you're most drawn to? Uh, like, what if you could, if you could think of your dream wedding film, what would it look like? If I have the groom and I have the bride on the phone at the time, a potential groom and bride. Um, you know, maybe she'll say, you know, I really like so and so's film. How it had the fun vibe at the beginning, and, and then it got, you know, that they're and they the the, the these brides and grooms that they they're not. I mean, they're not cinematographers, but they can pick up on the differences and feels in videos. And an overwhelming amount of of my clients mm-hmm. or you know people I get on consultation calls recognize the difference of having a film that has. Uh, has a balance and a cadence to it that has ups and downs. And it's not just this Mm -hmm. like "Hmm," going across and that appeals to people. And so when people come to me and they talk to me about that, um, a lot of times they'll say we want something fun, uh, or we want something cinematic and maybe the groom will say something different than the bride. Um, and then at that point I kind of say, and I'm kind of digging into this and I'll get into the wedding day because a lot of Mm -hmm. the way that I shoot is based off of what they say and after they tell me that, <laughs> I'll say, you know, that's awesome to hear that. And it's cool that you guys want that for your wedding day, because a lot of the times and and, and sometimes I say this half as affirmation, half because it's true. Um, I'll say a lot of times people want what their wedding day is going to be. And that's not always true. But, I, you know, again, I'm, you know, on a client call, mm. when my brides feel good. And so, like, you know, I'm affirming mm. what they just said of like saying, yeah, uh, they want something fun. They want something uh, maybe cinematic or, or sappy, but I'll say, you know, Mm -hmm. that that's great. That's cool to hear because the things that you're drawn to, that's typically, you know, how you're setting Mm -hmm. your wedding day up. That's typically what your vibe is. And so, you know, typically on a wedding day, it'll, they, the vibe of it can, can lean, can, can kind of lean a certain way, but I still will, if they fill out my questionnaire a month before, the wedding i will go I'll, I'll go back and look and they'll say they'll check off they want something fun they'll want something with some mood to it they'll want something that's like serious but they love the party scene it's like okay that's a lot of different stuff mm. but that's okay <laughs> yeah because the film mm. can go like this um and so yeah i never know what part of the day is going to be this part though and what part's going to be this mm. part and so the I feel like these parts, the lower parts and by lower parts, I mean the more like passive parts of the the film or that Mm -hmm. where the the energy drops down and it's maybe more story driven than like high energy. I feel like those parts are a little more inevitable for me on a wedding day. Um, Mm. It's the it's the more it's the different stuff. And typically the different stuff is the energetic stuff. It is the. What are we doing right now? Oh, we're soaking wet. We're out here, but we're hmm. having fun, and we're freezing cold. And they both start laughing, or something like that. Um, you know, that's that's the stuff that um, that sometimes I have to work a little bit more for, and I have to yeah, rec- you have to preplan myself. it.
0: You know, like those in-camera tr- yeah. transitions, um, quirky yeah. lens choices, different lighting right. stuff. You know, absolutely, that's all, all the stuff you have to change up on the day.
2: Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's stuff that I I lean into. Uh, I guess that I, you know, I go into the day thinking that I'm just going to, I'm going to do both. Um, unless it's like, you know, like I I filmed a really epic elopement up in Montana here in the United States. And I knew, I just knew this couple, they, they were so romantic. They were the most romantic Mm. couple I'd ever been around. Like they were Mm. the most organic couple as far as touching each other, the way they talked about each other sitting there in a group was like, they were by themselves. Like they, they were fun. But I knew they were, they were loping on in Glacier National Park here in Montana and in the United States. And it it was so beautiful and their vows were so like personalized. I was like, this is not going to be, you know, this is not going to be a fun film. And still, even though I'm not fun, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like energetic, but Mm. at the same, in the same breath, you can still make films. You don't have to have just the dichotomy of energy and fun and, and these lows of these, these like maybe sappy romantic vows or something like that. There is still a cadence in a cinematic mm-hmm. film, I believe. Um, and in that film, yeah. I I have a couple rises in it where it rises to the first look. Um, but I'm using the swell of the song to do that. I'm using it to, mm. um, and I go in a little bit deeper than, um, than mm. you asked me on this question, but I'm just kind of want to talk about this a little bit, but you know, it, you know, I'll let it swell on the first song, but you know, I'm using maybe one or two songs, but it just happens to have two different rises in the song and I'm able to create energy around that. So energy doesn't always Mm. necessarily have to be tied to like fun party vibe or laughing or something like that. It can be tied to the story of the day and the suspense building up to something or the, uh, or, you know, Mm. you know, leading up to the first look, leading up to the first kiss during the ceremony, whatever it might be like, uh, That's something that, you know, I think it's really important to know what the couple wants beforehand to talk to them, you know, get Mm -hmm. them comfortable, get it out of them what they want, send out those questionnaires, really dig into it and care again um, and be ready to kind of um, for anything. If it's going to be like the duality of like, you know, the upbeat energy party, whatever it might be, fun, um, and then maybe some like romantic uh, intentional vows or something. So don't want to beat a dead horse, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely something I, I, I think about yeah
0: absolutely um well i think yeah i think now's probably a good time to transition now into the editing and how we then sort of bring all these elements together um and so are you able to break down sort of how you start to structure your films um you know when you first start to you know lay out all your footage and think how can i start to make something like what's going through your head
2: what's your process totally um I think I've said totally every time you've asked me a question. At first, I think <laughs> totally, totally, man,
0: that's great. Totally, love dude. it. Keep doing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Radical, dude.
2: Uh, rad, dude. Um, but anyway, yes, totally. Uh, I the first thing I do, obviously, import my my footage into my editor. Uh, don't like exit out of this podcast whenever you hear this, guys. But I do use mm-hmm. Premiere, and so you know I'm editing in Premiere, and uh, a lot of, there's a lot of Premiere haters out there, but I'm tried and true Premiere user. Um, mm-hmm. But I go in there and then I go through everything you know, I, for my footage. I'm creating proxies and I'll go through. I'll let that do happen overnight and go back through the next morning. And what I typically do is I'm not like watching. I feel like as a videographer, the only time that you can do something else while like working and editing is when you're pulling out what I like pulling selects or pulling out your 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 footage that is usable from all your clips you shot. Um, and I, mm-hmm. my process is to go through every single clip uh, and I'll just click through drag drop into a timeline and i just drop all of these into and i I put different sequences sequences i'll be like um sometimes i get a little little lazy i'll put them all in the same timeline i'll just like divide them up or something like that Mm. um you know just like put some space like a minute or two between them so i can actually visibly see it but you know i'll have like bridal prep groomsmen prep um portraits um first look at portraits together and ceremony and then like everything in the reception will be a big chunk and it's just all Mm. these tiny little pieces of footage all strung together but uh going back to what i said during this process of just going through this which can take hours um it's like the only time that we can i feel like act like photographers and do something else while we're while we're editing we don't have to be 100 focused because we're just looking at footage um and so it's during this time that i turn on music from music bed and i go through and by this point and this is something i, I do in pre-production i should have mentioned this earlier um i don't do this with every film but the films that i like that I, that feel like need a little bit extra that like are going to be like a special place or like Italy or Iceland or something like that. I start Mm. curating playlist of vibes, like based off what the the Mm. couple has said and like what their day sounds like and and stuff like that. And so I'll go back through that and I'll kind of listen to that as I look at the footage and I'm like, okay, yeah, this fits with this. Or if I know like, Hey, maybe the day, maybe there wasn't a lot that happened during the day. Maybe I need to, um, go back Mm. and, uh, you know maybe maybe i need to like put a little like what i like to call like a teaser opener you know like a little hype 60 second like almost teaser of the wedding day that you would make separately by stacking on to the beginning of the film uh, and so, okay. So I'm thinking about that. And whenever I'm going back to the footage, I'm like, maybe I don't have a lot from their wedding day, but they said they want something fun. So this is great because I need to go ahead and extend their film. Anyway, I need to get to six minutes. And so let me, let me go and find mm-hmm. a song on music bed while I'm looking at this footage. That's going to be more energetic and kind of fit the vibe of their day. Should I do a rap song. And eh, probably not. This was like more, maybe more of a religious a uh you know thing or are they taking you know shots throughout the day cool let's go find some like upbeat song or something like that or you know maybe it's a little more poppy Mm -hmm. if it's you know i don't know you know and i'm trying to just kind of like go through that i'm looking through playlists you know music has a ton of different playlists and stuff like that and different vibes different genres sometimes i'll go in there and go into the advanced tab and and look at the the option that says has build on there like you know filter for songs that have a build in it if i'm going for a part of the film like the the main chunk of the song or the main chunk of the video where the, I'm building a story and my story has build to it. So therefore I need something that has build. So mm-hmm. I start looking for that. And so I have a couple hours to do this and you can go through a lot of footage in that, or a lot of, uh, obviously a lot of footage, but you can go through a lot of music during that time period. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of like what I'm doing, when I, when it comes to, you know, getting my edit, when it comes to setting up the edit, Um uh, there's something, you know, over the course of my friendship with Henry that I've kind of taken from him, but I've gotten to where now I lay out all my audio first because like, uh, I kind of, mm-hmm. well, I, I kind of edit differently than a lot of people or at least Henry in certain regards, but, um, but I, I, I at least go into the beginning and I will lay out my audio roughly, you know, I'll go ahead and be like, okay, I'm going to do 45 seconds of using using this song that that is the, going to be their opener. And then I'll kind of let it breathe for a second because it's super, it's super high energy. You can't just go from like, you know, some like da, 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 like, you know, like rap mm. song or something like that. This like, whoa, like in your yeah. face, all these like high energy shots, like boom, straight into like a flower shot, slow music or something. It, it, that That's a little jarring, I feel like. And it needs there needs to be a breath there. And so like and during that, mm. you know during that pace, I, I, it's about pacing too. making a ba- balanced edit is how you pace your films. And so like, uh, I, I go back in and I'll like maybe throw some like ambient wind noise in there or something like that, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of like let it breathe. Sometimes I'll like, you know, let there like, if it's a hype opener, I'll, um, I'll I'll throw their names in there at the end of it, you know, like, uh, Ross, Ross and Jessica, I keep using the name Jessica, whatever, (laughs) but, uh, you know, Mm. go in there and I'll let their names linger on there and then I'll let it fade out and maybe let the screen be black for a second. I'm not scared to let some time pass by in the film in order to let it breathe. And so a really good example of this would be this desert wedding that I was talking to you about that. I used that Audi song for the teaser Mm. and stuff when it actually came time to make the highlight film. I had all these different things that I had filmed throughout this weekend. I had like horseback riding and this like crazy party, like pal, uh, Utah boat day. And then I had this really beautiful venue and this, uh, these, these vows that they, they cried saying and stuff. And so I, I made them a really cool Epic opener. It wasn't like a upbeat, crazy thing, but it was like an Epic opener. Um, mm-hmm. and so transitioning from that, I went straight into their horseback riding scene. I actually gave their horseback riding scene a different, like its own little cut, like its own little scene of them. Cause it was so cool. Like one of the most cinematic experiences of my life. They like went horseback riding in the desert at sunset. (laughs) I was on a horse following them on a gimbal. It was also one of the most tiring things I've ever done. Like holding a gimbal on a horse, (laughs) Uh, you know, following these people. But leading into that shot, I went, it was like so energetic, this song. Like uh, if you guys go watch (laughs) that one, it was like the opener and just like builds, 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 builds. And it's just this bam, and just like, and I put their names up there. Same thing I was just talking mm-hmm. about. I let it fade out. And then I kind of put like this sound of like this gate squeaking and then maybe like a chicken and the, and the disc, like, and not like a, but like, you know, some mm-hmm. like not corny, but like some kind of like <laughs> yeah. farm animal, cause yeah. we was at a farm and then like a dog barking. There was these dogs running around yeah. out there and some sound of wind, uh, trees mm-hmm. rustling. And then I open up to this scene setting shot and it's like, it shows, a tree with the desert behind it and stuff. And then like a horse trailer and then it shows the bride getting on there. And then the song kind of starts like right there. And so mm. um, I guess I say all that because like I, the audio is really important for like how you're going to, to make a balanced edit. I think that's honestly one of the biggest things, the audio that you choose Builds the cadence of your film. The audio is is so important to making a balanced film. I think it's the most important thing. Is how, is the music you choose, and not just the music, but the sound effects you're using, um, the the dialogue that you're using, the speeches, the letters, the um, the interviews you do, whatever it might be, the ambient sound, mm-hmm. foley you put in, you name it. Like what you hear is an extremely po- important part of the story. I feel like sometimes we get so focused on on what we're seeing in the actual film, like the actual like video of it that we forget that Mm -hmm. like uh, this, we're so motivated by what we hear too. And if things are off, our ears are going to probably notice it first before, before our eyes will. And and like, that's, that's, uh, I I think that's the most important part of it is figuring your audio out. And so that's why I go in first. And I mean, the first thing I'm doing is one searching for music to going in there and like laying out my music, laying out my audio, and it's not like a hundred percent done at the beginning. But I go in there and do that at the beginning, um, and then uh, you know diving into the edit after that. The, the video to me is the easy part after you get your audio laid out because your audio builds your story. So your 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 video is nothing. Your video is literally just a music video if you just slap on like some track below it or something like that. But if you put intentionality mm-hmm. into the audio, that's what builds story. Um, that's why I always say, I say to my couples on the phone, you know, that the secret sauce to good wedding films is good audio. It's, it's, it's having dialogue and stuff from the day. That's why I always push my couples to read letters and have speeches and have me film speeches and stuff, because that gives me content to build a story off of. And I said, without those things, without having, you know, one good music to put it to, which is my job and two, you know, having good elements from your day, which is kind of, you know, you and your family's job and my (laughs) job to capture, uh, it's, your wedding video can kind of turn into a music video in a certain way. And like, I always compare it, the contrast between like some cheesy Colby Calais, you know, whatever it might be uh, wedding video or something like that. And having like a little mini movie or something. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, my approach to it. Hopefully that makes sense. But I guess if I had to say anything, it's the audio The music—that's the most important thing that I look at in starting an edit to build a balanced edit um, and to make it flow between different things because the audio has to flow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that. Yeah, that's fantastic advice, and that's exactly how like that. That's how I approach editing too. Where like I just I build the whole film audio only like first like speeches, music, Mm. how those different tracks transition between each other. Um, and, and then lay footage on top. But it's it's in the audio that the storytelling is done. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've basically got just a couple more questions um, for us to dive in on. Uh, Sweet. And we, we, we've kind of talk, 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 talked about it a bit with how you we talked about sort of transitioning from like uh, a rise or building a moment and then giving a breath. But I kind of want to just sort of get um, a little bit more from you around the transitions between these different elements in your edit. And yeah, like you, 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 mentioned one device that you use, but are there any other sort of devices that you keep coming back to, to transition from, um, energy to energy moment to moment throughout your films?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the main one I use is, is what I kind of described, um, where it, it needs to breathe for a second because, mm-hmm. I, I, especially when you're going from energy to, to more level, I, I, it, it needs the viewer's mind needs to calm down and prepare for, you know, maybe mm-hmm. something a little slower, uh, at least in my head. Um, and so that's, that's what I, I find myself transitioning to the most, but also obviously there's gotta be a transition again, if it's going to pick back up. And so mm-hmm. at that point, um, it's nothing like crazy or mind blowing, but it does make a difference. But, um, you can kind of like I, I do think back. I do think back to this Ricky and Sarah film a lot uh, because it was a dynamic film. There was a lot happening in it. And there was a lot of stuff I captured. I was with them for like almost four days. There was a lot of there was a lot of video that I was capturing while I was there. And I think back to so the opener was really hype with like you know I'm, I got this raw cut whatever it is. Them cutting the sleeves off a of groom's They say this is what happens. I, I put it on the screen. This is what happens. When mm-hmm. you, uh, when you fall asleep during your best friend's wedding reception. Um, and then, mm-hmm. uh, and then I, 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 you know, it goes into this like really, this really hype, uh, you know, opener kind of a thing. Sorry. I'm like stumbling over my words right now. Um, and then, uh, mm-hmm. it slows back down. And so that's, that's where, uh, it goes into their vows and stuff. But then she finishes up some of her private vows to him and I use some audio that wasn't necessarily like right from when they finished. But I found this audio of her, like I kept rolling after they got done with their vows. And I kept like, I wanted to see what she would say. Cause she went last and she looked up at him and she smiled mm-hmm. and she said, she like laughed. She said, okay, are you ready? Are you ready to do this? And he said, yeah, let's do it. And then they kiss. Mm-hmm. And so I used that because even though that was on the tail end of her crying, mm-hmm. you know, talking through like her vows or something, I'm using that to, um, yeah. To transition into into the next scene, and so it, so hers like laughing and saying like, "Are you ready to do, to do this?" He says, "Yeah, let's do it." I like did this use this overlay of like a little clock, like counting down like three, two, one. I use like the old timey like beep, mm. beep, beep thing going over, yeah. uh, and then I used the reverse symbol swell to like lead into this this really yeah. hype song. Not really hype, but I, it was it was a pretty upbeat energy song. But really, the energy that was coming from that mm. next portion was. Um was from the the best man's speech, and he's kind of dissing the groom throughout that speech and it's mm-hmm. really funny because like it cuts to the shots of the groom and he's laughing, and he's mm-hmm. like just like he's like you know saying mom always wanted a girl but he's kind of got one anyway with you ricky or something it was like really funny like everybody's laughing and he's like laughing up there because they're like you know just that brother camaraderie like banter or whatever uh and then it goes through that scene and, and so like i guess without spelling out this whole video sorry i'm getting into it but like there's a lot there's cadences that go throughout the film and i'm using like audio i'm using some raw audio from the day of her you know saying you know you know, you're ready to do this. And then I'll use reverse cymbal swells to go from a more relaxed feel to a more upbeat feel. Um, and so that's, I would say you got like two ways of doing it. And I'm sure there's more, but in my head, that's kind of like right now thinking about it. And before I was thinking about that too, like you're either going from upbeat down to something a little bit slower or you're going from slower up to something a little more upbeat, or, I mean, you just have like a rise in a song, Um, you know, like let's go with like a, yeah, to me, I don't know how, how many of your viewers use Music Bed, but like Chapters has a song called Epilogue. They have surroundings and like they're, they're very central. Chapters is great for weddings because they have build and and, and build is good because it helps you build story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, yeah. I like that song because you can, um, you know, use the build even without changing the song to change the feel. And so like, you know, leading up to the first kiss, I feel like most of the time, if you're going to be just making a regular wedding film, that the climax of that song is gonna land right on right on the kiss. And so, from there, you mm-hmm. can kind of change the energy um to be more upbeat because the chorus of a song is typically more upbeat than like the verse of a song. So, um, you know, kind of leaning into mm-hmm. that. But I would say, like those are the main two things. I don't have a ton of secret sauce behind it, but uh, it's again, I think kind of going back to caring. You just have to stop. You have to like think about the audio you have and Mm -hmm. the footage that you have and what you can work with. Because I think unique elements during the day are what can provide you with that extra sauce, like if you will, to be able to make to make Mm -hmm. your story flow. So you're able to use those things, like you Mm -hmm. know, when I'm talking about the bride talking about the snowstorm rolling in. You're able to use those things where um, she's saying, "Are you ready to do this?" Like that's a that it's so simple. But if you're ready for it, if you're ready for you know, some unique piece of audio and to be able to use it, then like that's, that's, that's ammo in your tool belt. That's, that's things that you're gonna be able to use to be able to, mm. to, to make a really cool wedding film. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of, sorry, I kind of rattled on with that, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of no, my, no, my take on how I, it's
0: good, I but that, that's definitely, yeah, no, that, there's definitely some techniques in there that, um, I think people can pick up and there's stuff that I definitely do. I think the, um, using a dialogue punchline and I would I- I- include, Like, I don't sort of, um, I'm not talking about just jokes, but like I would consider y- your, what you mentioned there about the kiss, like, are you ready to, to do this? I would consider that a sort of a punchline of like mm. a, a moment in a, in a speech or a dialogue or, you know, a, or in a vows or anything where like there's a moment that has sort of like hit. Um, that's totally. a really good way to go from quiet to high energy and you can go mm-hmm. and you could it could be like an emotional um uh punchline to go into like a more intense moment or it could be you know like yeah a Grimsman's joke to go from um sentimental through into funny and do like a hard you know a hard cut there i've done that he- heaps of times
2: um, totally that's a great that's yeah. a great point to make as well uh, it's the it's the things that people say that you can use that can be hits. Like it could be, it can be something equally as, as sentimental. That can also be something too. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Cool, man.
0: Well, um, we're basically nearing the end of the episode here. I've got one final question, um, just to kind of sort of put a bow on our conversation here, but, um, (laughs) you know, would you be able to give any advice to videographers who want to add variety and balance to their edits? but still keep like their strong cohesive style. Cause I, I feel like people might get trapped into having their films feel a certain way all the way through because they're like, that's my style and they're worried about sort of straying from that style. So do you have have any advice for people who want to add variety, but still keep um, a cohesive aesthetic?
2: Totally. Yeah. There's totally again. Um, (laughs) um,
1: Totally.
2: (laughs) Totally did. Um, yeah, I think, I think for one, kind of knowing what you want your brand to be, I think is really important. And I know that in answering this question, that like the person probably already knows that, but being comfortable with what you want, you know, you with being comfortable with what you know, you want your brand to be in the, in the direction that your business is heading, I think, uh, is important. And so I think when you reach that, that level of, of, or not that level, but that, that mindset that like, you know, this is where you want to go. This is how you want your films to feel. Um, you, you feel like a little bit of freedom to be able to, to lean into those types of things. And so like, I, I think it also comes from like your couples having confidence in you and also kind of being on the same page as you. And I, I, I'm referencing a lot of the same stuff in this film, but Ricky and Sarah are a really good example because when I got on the phone with them after their wedding, I was wanting to get more into, I was wanting to get more into the, the destination wedding film, but I was also trying to do things differently. And I had all these unique elements and things, but I didn't know how far I could go with it. And I was, I was on the phone with them afterwards and stuff. And they said, you know, Stanton, we don't want our wedding film to be per se a wedding film. Like, and they, in verbatim, they said, let our wedding film be your playground. And I was like, okay, like, all right. I hope you don't eat your words on this because I'll, <laughs> went off and I did things very differently in it and they loved it and then they, they really did love. it. And that was like, that was something that, um, that, that was really pivotal for me in my career and my business and, and the, and the direction of my business. But I guess, you know, your couples having confidence in you. Um, and I think like, I, and I think, you know, giving yourself the confidence to go out there and, and to, to make a balanced film is kind of about caring and making and no caring about like what the film is i feel like a lot of times films aren't balanced because people don't care um and they say they care because like they just put a ton of time into it but a lot of times we put time into things that we don't necessarily care about but we're doing it because we have to do it but if you care about the things that you're doing then then uh something good comes from it and i think that when you care you're able to think more by caring. You're thinking and when you're thinking, you're, 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 soaking up what you're looking at and, and you're trying to do something good with it. I think that caring leads to you thinking and thinking leads to a better end product. Um, whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> A plus B equals C. Um, and so that's kind of like my way, my way <laughs> of, of going about it. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that a big part of it is, is just caring and being intentional with where, with where you want, like the, the direction of, of your business to go um you know by doing that i think that you can maintain a a a strong cohesive style i think that you can you know and again like you know just and deviate maybe from your question just a little bit i know we're at the very end here but like i don't have a strong cohesive style per se at least in my eyes i don't i i really try to lean into even though every wedding videographer says this i try to lean into the idea that like hey I'm really trying to make the most of your wedding day, and to try to make you something that actually is unique and a craft wedding film. I'm trying to make something that is different and that's not like everything else. Um, and so, I was I, I was scrolling through my Instagram today, and I was like, "There's a lot of different stuff on here." I, and I, I sometimes think like, if if somebody comes to my page and they want, and if they have a regular wedding and they see all my elopement stuff. Are they gonna be turned off from my page because of like all the different things that they're seeing? And so like, it's kind of like a ba- I mean, it's a balance with your own business of what you have to figure out. Because like, you know, if you're okay with being all over the place and and catering to people, sometimes you, you know, you, you, can, you can kind of maybe lose the crowd if they get in and get out too quick. There was a really cool lead that I got for an elopement. Um, That was, you know, at this national park here in America, but they saw one of my really emotional films and they were turned off to it because they said, well, we're not really emotional we're more fun and upbeat. And I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, you should have watched my Ricky and Sarah film. And like, it was too late at that Mm. point. Like they'd already like moved on and it was a referral. So I didn't have direct connection with them. And I was like, ah, if only I could have talked to them and told them. And so like that Mm. happens sometimes whenever you are all over the place. And to me, that doesn't have to be a bad connotation for the word all over the place. It can be a good thing. And so, um, you know, I don't say that to like scare people away from getting out there and doing things different, but knowing the direction of your, that you're wanting your business to go is also the direction that your clients will go as well. I mean, like, I guess that's the direction, the the direction your business goes is, is where, you know, a certain niche of clients will, will fall into it, if you will. Like I'm, I don't book a ton of high end ballroom weddings and stuff because like, I'm more drawn to the outdoor stuff, even though I still, you know, film, you know, nice weddings and things like a large majority of people that are drawn to my work are drawn to the outdoorsy elopement nature of whatever it might be. So yeah, hopefully Mm -hmm. that kind of answers your question. Um, a little bit. I know it's, you know, maybe not like the most cohesive, like Talking about how to build a keep a strong cohesive brand, but I think it just takes intentional thought and caring and a thinking and then acting upon that and like to actually put an in effort into your films and, and realize that your editor and this is something that I think about and this is my last thought and I promise uh, realizing that your editing suite <laughs> um, is it is clay in your hands. You can do whatever you want to do in your editing suite, and nobody's ever going to see it. You can try a million different things, and it's OK. If something fails, it's OK. You can do 15 different highlight films, and if 14 of them look terrible, choose the one that, that feels right. But I feel like a lot of us get caught up in the editing phase of something. And like We can't make a mistake, even that I see. Like I can't go in there and try this out because, like oh, that's going to look bad. Or like oh, what if it doesn't work out? It's going to be like a time loss well, if you care, it's worth it. It's worth, you know, putting in that extra time to try out that different thing, because maybe it will be really cool. Sometimes we don't know. I mean, we're editing, we're we're putting it together. We videos aren't always 100% like we think they're going to be at the end. And so like realizing that your editor, editor, it takes a little extra time, but it's clay in your this video is clay in your hands. And that combined with dialogue from the wedding day and interviews along with music is a powerful thing. And so um, that's what I would encourage people in regards to in, in regards in regards to this subject.
0: Mm, absolutely, no, fantastic, man. I, the, the, there's there's lots of great um, points there to, to take away. I think the the point of caring and being empathetic with your couples is is a huge one, and it's been brought up before on the show. Like that's where you're gonna find those nuggets of inspirations when you actually go that extra mile to. to give a shit. <laughs> hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it's been brave to try new things. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to learn there and yeah, I, I can see a lot, a lot of parallels, um, in how you approach your work and how I approach my work. But at the same time, there's some different stuff that I think, yeah, hopefully people listening can sort of, yeah, um, yeah take those elements that they feel work for them um, and yeah, try some new things. I think it's pretty
2: cool. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I said this in a recent YouTube video I made, but even the things that we think we know the most about, we can still learn a lot whenever we have somebody else's unique perspective on them. So I'm sure Mm. if you were to speak as extensively on this as I did, you know, I've been talking a lot during this, but like, I would be taking something away to learn from you that would help me out in my editing process Mm. and in my style. Even, even like the thing you said about you know, using, using the vows as, as kind of like a hit using, using that as a transition. That's something that like, you know, I hadn't really spelled out in my head, but that's something good, mm-hmm. good to remember and good for me to have like on, in my mind. So, and that's something I learned. So yeah, yeah, um, definitely, uh, it, it's definitely been fun to kind of dig into it. And I hope, you know, the people listening to this are able to take a, at least something away from, from what I said. Yeah. Cool, man.
0: Absolutely. Cool. Um, well, uh, that's going to do us today. Sweet. S- yeah. S- Sten, thank you so much for coming on the show It's been awesome yeah, to meet you, man. And awesome to h- hear you talk through all your work and everything. Yeah. It's been, it's been good chats.
2: It's been, it's been great. Thank you. And that's something it's like fueling me. I got to get back to editing here and here in a little <laughs> bit. So it's been, it's been good for me to get back into, the, you know, balanced edits and stories and stuff. And, and, uh, I really enjoyed my time. So yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it, man
0: cool man alrighty well that's going to do us guys we'll have links to all of Stanton's work, work below um, there's IG and everything's Vimeo. so um, uh, yeah that's going to do us thanks again Stanton and we'll uh, see you guys next time
2: bye see you man